United Airlines and the Newark Airport being recorded in my home office on a Wednesday, which is a bit of an oddity, um, usually not home, but enjoying a nice shot or two of Smith Creek cinnamon moonshine and trying to put out a little snippet this week. So as most everyone knows, I'm a huge Southwest Airline fanboy. I mean, recently I acquired the companion pass for my wife, which means she gets to fly with me free for the remainder of 2018 all the way through 2019. So not a bad deal, but we're actually going to talk about a little bit more about that on a later podcast. So Newark Airport. I end up in New Jersey about once a quarter, and my normal Southwest flight pattern is a direct flight up there on a Monday. But the challenge is coming back, you know, at the end of the week, especially there's no direct flights back to Orlando. You know, normally I end up connecting in Chicago and then land back in Orlando. You know, usually it's after midnight. Don't get home till you know, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And it can be a grind. You know, it's just, it's, it's not fun. The other challenge is if you've never flown into Chicago, you may not realize, but more than likely your flight's going to get delayed. Really doesn't seem to depend on the weather or the season <laughs> or the way the planets are aligned. For whatever reason, that's one of those airports that just always seems to run behind. Not necessarily a bad thing if you have a tight connection. It's nice to have an extra 15 or 20 minutes between flights. But if you're looking to get home on a Friday, (laughs) that can be a big deterrent in your work week. You know, that's the challenge. So this past week, I actually had to go to New Jersey for a one-day meeting. It was basically a, a, a turn and burn trip up on Monday back home on Tuesday. Now, I've flown the last six weeks straight, and I really, I wanted to get home in time to watch the 11 p.m. news. And I knew that Southwest just didn't, didn't offer a direct flight back. I mean, it's just, it's just not on their radar at this point. So a quick search of the internet revealed that United actually flew in and out of New York. So I'm going to call this part of the, uh, the adventure the fortunately, unfortunately part. So fortunately, United flew direct. Unfortunately, I have absolutely no status with United. Fortunately, their flight times wind up perfectly with my schedule. Unfortunately, I have absolutely no status with United Airlines. Fortunately, the trip was affordable. Unfortunately, I have absolutely no status with Southwest Airlines. I mean, you see the pattern here. There's nothing worse than flying an airline or staying in a hotel where you don't get points. I mean, this really comes down to heads and beds and butts and seats. So anyway, I found it, I found a flight that worked. So I'm getting ready to pull the trigger on it. And then all of a sudden, my return direct flight disappears. Nowhere to be found. So a quick refresh of the page. And now the only thing left on that flight back is a first-class seat. And believe it or not, for the one time in my life, it was actually affordable. It, it fell into you know, what, what I, I typically spend on a business flight. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger and booked it. Signed up to get, I guess, I don't know, three or 400 points for my flight, which will probably disappear in 18 to 24 months and not amount to much of anything. But 
I was getting my wish. I was going to be able to be home Tuesday night to watch the news. <laughs> so the flight up was basically uneventful. You know, boarding group B, because again, I have no status with United Airlines, but I did get my luggage on board with me. Ended up having the opportunity to watch a couple episodes of this last season's The Middle. Flew into to Newark, hit the car service up, and made my meetings. Now, Southwest flies into into Terminal A. Now, if you've never been to Newark, for the most part, Terminal A is a giant cup of suck. It's crowded, dimly lit, limited seating, and when it comes to the southwest side of it, there may be one, possibly two places where you can actually sit down and grab a meal. Now, on the other hand, United operates out of Terminal C. Terminal C is operating in the year 2038, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So what I found out with my uh, first-class seat on my return trip is that I was granted United Premier Access, which I had no clue what that meant. Quick internet search, and here's what I found out. Designated airport check-in lines, that's a good thing. Among the first customers to board, that's a good thing. Among the first bags to be delivered, doesn't make a lot of impact in my life. I, I try not to check luggage, but for those of you that do, that's a positive thing. And then, exclusive security lines. Now, the word exclusive makes me nervous. I mean, you know, but it came with the ticket, so what was I to do? Well, I was soon to find out what exclusive security lines meant. So I walk up, go through TSA. The TSA agent looks at my ticket and goes, hey... You've got pre-check. If you go through the United Premier Access security lines, you're going to have to remove your shoes, belt, and electronics. All the things and all the reasons that I pay for pre-check so I don't have to do. So I look in front of me, and there's a family of four struggling with two kids, a double stroller, multiple diaper bags. I honestly don't think my shirt touched my back as I dashed over the pre-check lanes. Once I get into Terminal C... I was eerily reminded of the scene in The Wizard of Oz when everything went from black and white to color. This place was bright. Ceilings were 40 feet tall. There were tables. There were chairs. Places to sit. Tables had USB outlets, electrical outlets. I mean, it really was amazing. They had no less than eight places to eat, and most of them allowed for self-checkout. So here's the year 2038 part about Terminal C. Most of the tables were equipped with an iPad. Not a big deal. We've all seen iPads before, but you actually ordered your food from these iPads and completely avoided waiting in lines. Once you ordered your food, take the iPad, browse the web while your food's being prepared. When it came time to pay, there was a credit card slide right next to your table, slid through, and if you're part of United's Mileage Plus program, which I now have about 378 miles, you can actually use those, those points to pay for your food. So when it comes to the flight home, or shall I say the first-class flight home, Southwest doesn't offer first-class upgrades. They offer an A-list preferred, which give you double points and some free Wi-Fi. They offer a business class where you're one of the first 15 people to board and you get a free drink. But they don't have a designated first-class area. That's one of the the budget-friendly or the allure for the family traveler of, of uh, Southwest. For years, I was a loyal Delta customer. And 
managed to score an upgrade about 20% of the time. And, and for the most part, a Delta upgrade, especially flying, you know, how I do through the Southeast, two to two and a half hour flights, you got a bigger seat, you know, some free drinks, and usually they came past your seat twice with the snack basket. However, now in 2018, if you're not a Delta Platinum or you don't have, you know, you're not paying a premium for your ticket, those upgrades are few and far between. I've actually got a friend that's a million miler with Delta, and he doesn't fly as much as he used to, but still, he's flown a million miles in the air. In his last trip, he was number 32 on the upgrade list. I mean, you've got 31 other people in front of you that also have status. So as comparison, I flew Delta exclusively for close to 10 years, and I'm barely at 500,000 points. And neither one of us are flying international or, or transcontinental. So those million miles that he earned were earned the hard way. So as far as the United Airlines first class, I'd have to say it's better than most. I mean, of course, the seats were wider, and I was greeted with my welcome drink, offered to hang up my jacket, you know, the, the typical pleasantries that you see. But now get this, on a two-and-a-half-hour flight, not only was I offered dinner, but I had a choice. It was Asian noodles or jambalaya. In my case, I passed on it and went with another bourbon and ginger ale. But they was actually served with a nice ramekin of, of warm cashews. You know, all in all, not a bad experience. Would United work for me? Not for the majority of my flights. I mean, I, I did a quick search, and one of my fairly regular treks is from Orlando to Atlanta. Their flight was six hours with a connection in Dulles. I mean, I can, I can drive from here to Atlanta faster than, you know, six and a half, seven hours. You know, if I was looking to fly the family out west for a vacation, I'd actually consider applying for one of their branded visa cards, bank the points for 10 or 11 months, and then fly the family out there nonstop for vacation 2019. So that's this week's snippet. Thanks for listening, and safe travels. Hey, wait a second. Before you head out, if you're interested in hearing more about my crazy travel adventures, head over to Hype America and see how to travel the southeast in style. Thank you.